Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship, where we get to talk horses. We're your hosts. I'm Renee Hare. And I'm John Hare. Thanks for listening and sharing our horsemanship journey. The Woe Podcast began in 2012. And while we have a lot of plans for 2018 as we enter our sixth year during this holiday season, we wanted to take a moment out and thank some of the people that have been with us along the way. People like Sam in Montana and Courtney in Iowa. And Bill in Nevada. Those are the people that have shared their love of horses that we've never met. But we've also met some really great people through the podcast who we've even got to ride with, like... Mike and Cynthia in Northern California. One of those people that we haven't met but has really supported the show over the years is F.J. Thomas. F.J. is an accomplished author. She's written several novels and has even entered the children's storybook market with her latest book, Pedro's Problema. Thanks. I think. (laughs) F.J. has supported us over the years by sharing our tweets and our Facebook posts. She's been a great friend and she's a great horsewoman. One of the things I really like about F.J. is that she's combined her two loves, writing and riding, (laughs) horseback riding that is. She's fulfilling a dream and a goal to combine both those loves by writing her books and novels. And giving clinics and writing her blog, Cowgirls with Curves, just a real accomplished all-around author and horsewoman. And she's even working on a script for her first book, Lost Betrayal. It's been a couple of years since we've touched base with FJ, and during this holiday season, we wanted to just sit down, have a relaxing conversation. We contacted her through Skype. Here's our interview with horsewoman FJ Thomas on the Woe Podcast. Back in January of 2016, we met up with author, horsewoman, show jumping judge, just about uh, jack of all trades, FJ Thomas. Well, it's been far too long since we (laughs) talked to FJ, and we wanted to catch up with her this Christmas season, so we've got her on the phone. Good afternoon, FJ. How are you doing? Doing good, John. How are you? We're doing well. Despite the uh, 70-degree weather in California, (laughs) we're kind of getting into that Christmas spirit. (laughs) Oh, ma. I wish we had that here. It's It was 38 degrees here this morning, which is cold for me. I don't like cold weather, but I guess it could be worse. And I've forgotten, where, where are you in? I'm in East Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Uh-huh. Oh, we missed visiting when we were in Nashville. Yeah, y'all were probably, I guess it takes probably about three and a half hours to mm. get Nashville from here. So, yeah, y'all were close. Yeah, we were. It's very beautiful, yeah. We're going to have to take a car next time, Renee. Yes. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Get get you some travel on some back roads. (laughs) (laughs) That's where all the good restaurants are. That's right, and that's where all the horses are, too. Now, it's been a couple of years since we talked to you, and there's been a lot going on. Uh, You came out with your first children's book, Francine, the Working Stock Girl, and now you've just released another children's book. How's that going for you? It's going extremely well. Pedro's Problemo came out on Black Friday, and it's a cute little story uh, about a Mexican chihuahua that was rescued from the middle of the road, (laughs) and none of the animals on the farm believe he's royalty from Mexico, so they make him ride a horse that's still in training to prove that. (laughs) So it, it's a really fun little story that, 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 you know, is kind of a conglomeration of all my critters. 
And the artist, actually, for the story is 10-year-old Brady Ballard from Middle Tennessee. She did all the artwork in the book, and she just she brought a really neat flair to the story. You know, I, I love having a kid's point of view and something that's for kids, you know, and it was really right. cool working with her. What age range is that targeted at? It's targeted for five to eight-year-olds. Oh, so very cool. It, it's a fun little story. You've been writing novels, and are you going to stick with the children's genre, or are you going to go back to adult fiction? I'm going to continue writing the children's stories, um, and the fiction, women's fiction as well. I just have too many story ideas not to write both. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> you know, the the animals are such a big part of my life, and I'm sure you can relate. You know, you kind of see them as little people with fur, right. you know, mm-hmm. and in your head they almost can talk, you know, So especially at feeding time. That part of, of me wants to write those stories. And then I have a little, you know, a little deeper, darker side sometimes, you know, that comes out in the in the fiction that I write. So I've, you know, been working on some stuff there, too. And your first book, Lost Portrayal, I understand you're writing a movie script with that. Looked on your Facebook page and the last scene was written. Yes, I just finished that earlier this week. So now it's time for editing. (laughs) I got a request for the script. Nothing definite yet, but this is exciting just to to take the step. And it's, it's a really neat experience. It's a totally different experience you know, from writing novels, because there's so many details that you have to include, you know, for your people that are doing the horses and that sort of thing. You want to make sure that you get the details correct. So you can't just say, hey, this guy's wearing a cowboy hat. You have to say this guy's wearing a 10X. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dark <Dark-tall>. brown. <laughs> you know, that, that, you got to go into a lot of detail, not just you know, not just a leather halter, but it's a wood paddock you know. with some sandy ground in it or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Huh? Yeah. Oh, harness leather, you know, details, details. So <laughs> that's the biggest change, but I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's I like the challenge. So hopefully it'll be done before too long. You've been able to convert your love of horses into almost like a secondary career in in writing. Uh, would you have any advice for somebody who's looking to try and, and break into that? You know, the the riding world and the horse world, it's, it's kind of a unique niche in that, you know, us horse people, we tend to, you know, we watch the movie, you know, the meme that you see, you watch the movie and you're sitting there screaming at the guy to get his heels down the whole time, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And we are kind of, I mean, you know, we've got to get our details right. And it takes a horse person really to do that, to know all the nuances of how a horse moves and how it feels to do certain things. And so that's one good thing (laughs) that they bring to the table. But it it is hard getting into, well, it's hard getting into the writing world, period. I was very fortunate in that my first book, Lost Betrayal, you know, I was able to submit to Solstice Publishing and they accepted it's hard to get a book published, period. But sometimes when it you know, comes to a certain subject matter like horses, it, sometimes that's not something that everybody relates to. And you kind of have to keep that in mind when you're writing. And it makes it difficult when you're submitting to these publishers that don't necessarily get horse people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was very fortunate in that the editor with Solstice, you know, was a horse person. So they knew where I was coming from and they knew that what I was writing was accurate, too, you know. Is there a horse movie or series that you've seen that you appreciated the horsemanship in? You know, the Horse Whisperer, they did a really good job, really 
bringing out some of, you know, the details with natural horsemanship and that sort of thing. Uh, And one thing that I'm finding in writing the script, you know, you're limited, you're so limited on time and it's hard when you have a big story and that was a big story. And so, you know, I know that there was a lot of detail they had to cut out that they, you know, the writers probably would have loved to, well, I know the horse people, horse handlers definitely would have loved to include it, but you just didn't have time for it. But they did a great job of kind of introducing, you know, natural horsemanship, in my opinion, to the world, to the general public. And, and they were accurate on a lot of things on that. And I, I appreciated that. I appreciate it more now that, you know, I'm on that other side of trying to convey that through film. Right. The recent series, Godless on Netflix, on Netflix had Jeff Daniels doing some pretty good riding horseback and reading some interviews of him. He had to go into like six weeks of training before the movie started so that he would look like a good rider. The director wanted him to do that. And every one of those guys that were in that that series were pretty good horsemen. They were pretty good horsemen. We would kind of cringe when we saw them neck rein sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, ow! It does. I haven't seen the series, but you're right. It kind of takes a little something away from it. It doesn't make it that epic story for you when you see that kind of thing, you know. So I'm glad that the, the directors and people in charge, you know, realized the need to have somebody that was a good horseman, you know, on film. I mean, that's that's important to us horse folks. Yes. And even at that, Jeff Daniels fell off his horse three times and <laughs> broke his wrist right before the end of the before the last day of shooting, actually, he had to go out there and film the, <laughs> the last scene with a broken wrist. It's dangerous stuff, this horsemanship. Uh, yeah, now he has a, a, a huge appreciation for us horse people. <laughs> Tough. What has been going on with your horses lately? Um, Well, at the time being, not a thing. <laughs> You're writing a script. <laughs> I'm writing a script and working, but... Earlier this year, I sold my farm and mm-hmm. I have downsized tremendously from 20 something acres down to a little over seven and most of it's healed. But I'm in the process of starting completely from scratch on a bare piece of land and building a tiny house and so and building out of pocket because I'm trying to I'm trying to get in that position where I'm not, I don't have a 40 year mortgage. Right. So all of this is, is kind of minimalistic and doing it out of pocket. And I can't really, for me personally, I can't justify going down the road and spending entry fees, you know, when I don't have a a roof over my head. (laughs) (laughs) So um, my priorities. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, my poor horses, they're in a dry lot with a run-in shed, you know, and they they had gotten used to being on big pastures and, you know, having a barn to go in every evening and they just think they're in purgatory, but <laughs> they're surviving like the rest of the poor horses out there, you know, <laughs> they're fat and happy. Oh, so. good. And do you have plans for horsemanship clinics coming up in 2018? I do. I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet, but I am definitely looking for opportunities to go and teach some clinics, horsemanship and riding clinics, both if the opportunity presents itself at other facilities. I'm not set up for that, but I'd certainly go to another farm or arena in the area. What I'm wanting to do is is have horsemanship clinics that are focused on those those riders, on the rider side of it, those riders that need encouragement, 
and, and particularly because I've I've lost 50 pounds in the last, you know, year and a half. Wow. And I, I really want to reach out to those riders that are plus size that may have some image issues when it comes to riding, because Lord knows, you know, we're hard on on folks for that. And I just want to reach out to them and encourage them and give them the tools to feel better about themselves and become better riders and, and just let them know they're not the only ones. I know what it's like mm-hmm. and just kind of encourage them. And I would love the opportunity to teach some riding clinics on from that angle. And then for the horse side, you know, I've always had, I don't know if it's crazy or what, but I've always had a passion for these horses that have issues and kind of focus on problem horses, trailer loading, that kind of thing. You see so many people, especially, you know, people that may not have the funds to go out and buy, you know, a made horse and you wind up with green and green, you know, which as the saying goes, makes black and blue, but (laughs) just something to kind of reach out to those folks and help them. So I'm hoping those doors will open at some point. On the confidence front, on those clinics that you want to work with motivation people, what would be the focus? What what kind of advice would you try to instill in somebody over a two or three day clinic or even a one day clinic for that matter? You know, the, the one thing that I would want to focus on is that size doesn't tell the story. What the scale says doesn't tell the story. What really counts when it comes to riding is strength. You've got to build strength. Just because you lose weight, it doesn't mean you're going to automatically be a better rider. I've seen a lot of riders that are heavier set riders that are great. I mean, they've got great balance. They've got great timing and they don't hinder their horse at all. And so often we we think because I'm a certain size, I can't ride as well. Well, that's just not the case. I think the key that I have learned over time is that you know, when you get strong, and and again, that doesn't mean lose pounds, but when you get strong, you gain confidence because you feel like you're in control of your body. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel better about, I mean, I feel better about myself just when you're, when you're stronger and you're working out with weights and that sort of thing. And it's not just weightlifting, but when you're strong, you're in control of your body and you have more confidence to try things sometimes. Be a little bit more of an assertive rider when you need to be. I retired this past March, and I told John I might have to get another saddle. I cannot, I'm having a hard time getting my saddle up on my horse. Well, after I retired, we joined a gym, and I started lifting weights. And it is, it's such a good feeling. I get to keep my big Western saddle, because now I can put it up on his back without any problem. And it is, it's just a great feeling to know you have that strength to do things. She wanted to get my saddle, FJ. She wanted me to get a new saddle. I wanted saddle. him to trade. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, you that. can't lift that heavy thing. I'll take it for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great feeling to increase your strength. I think the the older that you get, you know, I'm fine. every year I have to try a little harder and try a little harder. And it does right. take more work to, to maintain it. But, oh, it does make such a huge difference. I don't have you. Do you know who Ernestine Shepherd is? No, I don't. Tell us about her. Oh my gosh. She is, she's like my hero. I look at her and I think that's how I want to be. She is an 80 year old bodybuilder. I saw her. I saw her last. She is in amazing shape. Oh my gosh. And she did not start going to the gym or lifting weights or anything until she was, I think 60. It's like, if she can do it, I can do that. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's, it's, it makes you look forward to, 
growing older, you don't necessarily have to be the person in, in the wheelchair watching life go by. As you get a lot older, if you keep working at what you're just maintaining a certain level of strength. And she's just such a huge ins- inspiration to me to keep working every day. I mean, she's something else. And she, not all those young people around the gym, too, that kind of keeps your your mind lively, too, I think, just being around some of the younger energy that is being around people that are working out. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the being around some of the younger people, too, as far as weight training and that sort of thing, because they, they do. They give you, they kind of, I don't know, it's almost like you, they've got an energy that you, you catch. You right. know? <laughs> so I, I love that. Men have a have a problem with that as far as carrying a few excess pounds. They're trying to get up on the saddle. There, a lot of people are reluctant to use a mounting block. It can be a strain on the on a horse too. That I think some of the issues also happen is that when most recreational riders go out and ride, they're not doing a lot of fast and heavy riding. They're not out there galloping. They're just out there in the sunshine enjoying their horses. And I really think that's a big part of it too. They're not posting or jumping or or even doing transitions or yeah. They're just that leisurely stroll. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean it's you look at some of the folks in other countries that have it a whole lot harder than we do. And you look at the older women that carry water every day. And they do it every single day. So it's not like five days through the week, they're sitting at a desk or whatever, and they're being sedentary. They're doing, you know, and then on the weekend, they decide to lift that big right. <laughs> bucket of water. And, they, and then it, I think as you get older, I think that's where, kind of like you mentioned, it's that's where the problem lies. You've got to you've got to do it every day or on a more frequent basis to just maintain, you know, that level of strength. Right. And then, like you said, as you get older, you've got to you actually have to put more effort into doing it so that you don't lose it so fast. Like you mentioned, the mounting block and things like that. I'm short and I've always liked big horses, (laughs) tall horses, always. (laughs) And I've used mounting blocks and that sort of thing because I don't want to twist out my horse's back and that sort of thing. So I think there's definitely times, but my goal, you know, has always been not to have to use the mounting block. And I finally got there. <laughs> there have been horses that even though I was in shape, I still had to go get the mounting block. Don't be afraid to use it, but, you know, maybe make that goal not to have to need it in, on most horses or something, you know, give you kind of have something to shoot for. You mentioned that you had a pretty substantial weight loss over 18 months. How did you lose the weight? I kept it as simple as I possibly could. Lord knows, you know, with I tend to be very analytical and try anything and everything. And over the years, I have tried every diet and diet pill known to man out there, you know, and it would work for a little while and pull the weight off, but it would never was a long term thing. And I, and I knew that it had to be a life change. It couldn't be a diet if it was going to last that sort of thing. And I've gone into all of that, the approached it that way before, and it just hasn't worked. I, you know, I decided this time I was just going to keep it simple. And I have, I've been paying attention. I've kind of got some uh, reactive issues with food and that sort of thing. And so I narrowed it down. I said, okay, I'm going to eat meat and vegetables. I'm not going to count anything and just leave it at that. If I want butter, I eat butter. If I want ranch dressing, I have ranch dressing. I don't worry about counting anything. As long as it's meat and vegetables, I can have it. And that really has worked. Therefore, 
there for a long time. I was extremely strict for over a year. The last few months, I've not been as strict. I've had nights where I've gone and had some horrible food like pizza. But (laughs) 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 But the the good thing about it is when I eat like that, my blood work had come back years ago with increased inflammation and they were looking at lupus basically mm-hmm. and everything was indicating that except it just wasn't bad enough to diagnose definitely and so anytime I eat like that for any amount of time my joints ache I ache all over I'm fatigued you know I mean there's it just and it just progresses from there and when I eat bad like that the pizza and I'll go a whole weekend and I'll eat stuff that I know I shouldn't I'll start feeling it long around Sunday evening, Monday, <laughs> around in there. Right. So I have to get back on the wagon. Back on track, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, then you were just eliminating grains and sticking with vegetables and meat? Pretty much, yeah. And for the most part, I mean, every now and then I would have like a potato or maybe some whole grain rice, mm-hmm. but very, very seldom. Most of the times it's just meat and vegetables. Very cool. And then did you have an exercise program? Yeah. turning into a fitness show here. <laughs> Yes, yes. You know, yes. But the funny thing about it is, like I said, I've tried everything over the years and I'd go jog a couple of miles every morning at 4 a.m. before work and that sort of (laughs) thing. And I never had the results until I started doing kettlebells. And I I don't do them that long. I mean, there's days that I may work out with them like 10 or 15 minutes and that's it three or four times a week. And that's, that's minimal, but I never got the results that I, as I have with these kettlebells. And I think it's a combination. You're doing weights, but you're also getting your heart rate up at the same time. And you're working multiple muscles at the same time and engaging your core pretty much the whole time. So, you know, you get a lot of bang for the buck on that workout (laughs) anyway, but that made a difference. That made a huge difference. I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> I'll be standing at the other side of the gym when she starts swinging kettlebells around. Don't let go of that kettlebell. You know, I, on some of on my blog on Cowgirls with Curves, I've shared in the past, I've shared some of my favorite exercises on there. That's a very valuable website to have, Cowgirl with Curves. It's essentially your blog. About, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. About women's body issues. Right, right. And training. I used to, you know, I'm into so many things and I used to write a training blog and I'm starting to incorporate some of that into the Cowgirls with Curves website. I'm, instead of trying to keep up two or three blogs, I'm going to do the training blog off of there as well since it's related. Mm-hmm. Um, Your training or a horse's training? Oh, just just training, like training articles. Like this month was on your uh, trailer loading basics. Just, okay. you know, training tips and that sort of thing and thoughts, you know. So about, horse training, not physical, not human yeah, physical yeah, training. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I share, you know, exercises here and there, but yeah, horse, horse, horse training, training for sure. And are you still show judging? Yes. This past fall, I judged a couple of local shows. This last year, I didn't judge as much. And I probably am going to back off of that a little bit with everything that's going on, but I am still judging. And I, you know, I enjoy, I judged a 4-H show and then a saddle club show a couple months back. And, you know, it just reminded me once again, I'll just love, you know, working with folks at that level. It's just fun to see them, you know, a light bulb sometimes come on or they're so appreciative of whatever little bit of you know, information you can give them to help them improve. And I love that moment when they, when I see that. 
So many of the things that you're working on deal with motivation and increasing confidence. What what are some of the most exciting things you're looking forward to in 2018? Oh, goodness. <laughs> one is getting the house built and the barn built. <laughs> well, I'm move not over your head. Happier for, but <laughs> that's that's one thing. I don't it may take a little longer than that. I hope not, but realistically speaking, it probably will. I'm looking forward hopefully to to being able to do some clinics and that sort of thing. That would be very fulfilling for me. And then I've also got some writing in the works. I've got a poet, a collection of poetry that I'm considering self-publishing. I've got them in the process of working on that as well. So, I mean, there's always a new story coming down the pike or a new project, you know, book <laughs> project coming down the pike. So still no sleep in your future then. Huh? <laughs> it don't, it don't seem like it. You know, there's what <laughs> odd oh, Lord. Well, this has been great fun. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Just that um, I really appreciate you contacting me to be on the show again. I, I always enjoy watching you guys online and seeing all your adventures. And it's, it's <laughs> like I said, you know, I live vicariously through y'all getting to go to, you know, the clinics and go on these rides, you know, with big open fields and obstacles, you know, I just, I, I just love it. So I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. Well, we really appreciate all the support you've given the Woe Podcast over the last five years and sharing our Facebook posts and retweeting our tweets and things like that. <laughs> it's just, uh, and and then being able to kind of lean on you for, to be a, to be a guest on the show too, to hear about <laughs> your, your life. It's pretty exciting. If you get that movie uh, deal, deal yeah. <laughs> we're expecting a seat, a seat, a seat at, at the premiere. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Well, I will definitely, if that happens, I will definitely be letting you know and y'all can come on in. Okay. Yeah, we'll go there. We love Tennessee. Now, if people want to find out about all your many enterprises, where can we send them? Uh, yeah, I am everywhere. <laughs> on Twitter, on Facebook, and Instagram are my three that I keep up. Cowgirls with Curves. The pages on Facebook, as well as both of my author pages, Jewel Thomas and FJ Thomas. And then Instagram, I've got FJ Thomas, and I pretty much put everything for everything on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, Twitter, I've got the three accounts on Twitter as well. So they can find me anywhere. And also they can go to the to the uh, blog, the uh, Cowgirls with Curves page, and it's just www.cowgirlswithcurves.com. If you're interested in her writing, you can go to Amazon.com, and if you look under F.J. Thomas, you'll find your novels, and if you're interested in the children's book, you do a search on Amazon for... Jewel. Jewel Thomas, right. Yep, yep. Probably the easiest, quickest way to pull it up is look up Pedro's Problemo, because there's not a lot of research results for that. (laughs) <laughs> that'll bring up the book and my Joel Thomas author page. It's a unique title. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, great. This has been wonderful fun, FJ. We enjoy having your friendship and we, we've never met in person, but we, uh, we hope to one day. Yes. There you go. I hope so. I enjoyed it. Thank you guys very much. She's so much fun to talk to Renee. Oh, I love her accent. Isn't that great? I don't know what it is about those accents. Just drive us <laughs> California guys crazy. <laughs> Well, that'll do it for this show. Thanks to F.J. Thomas for sharing her time with us on the Woe Podcast. I'll have all the links to her various endeavors 
at wopodcast.com. Please visit wopodcast.com and sign up for our emails to stay up to date with what's going on. Have a suggestion for a guest or a comment? Email john at wopodcast.com. Use the Apple Podcast app to subscribe to the Woe Podcast and you'll never miss an episode. You can also subscribe on Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and now even on Spotify. And they're all free. Yeah, really. (laughs) And all are on WoePodcast.com. The Woe Podcast is produced by John and Renee Hare. Thanks again for listening to and sharing our podcast with your friends and riding buddies. Until next time, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody. With Pedro Pedro's Problema. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't have enough trouble pronouncing words. Thanks, FJ. Anyway...